Three, two, one, go, and we're live. This is Retrace segment number 98 for Tuesday, December 27th, again, 2022, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Retrace is about what's going on out there. The short answer to that is computer control, Retrace 22, Re22. Long answer to that is natural, artificial, and strategic intelligence, Re79 through 81 are the recaps. Also, the hypotheses, 1 to 11, that's Re17 and forward. And humanity is the best part, that's Re54. Retraces for outsiders, Re5. Outsiders are not players, Re52. Computer control is player-oriented, re-54 to 55, and we're learning to play re-56. But not today. We're talking about ChatGPT. This is uh, segment number two on ChatGPT, two of three, I think. I was, I was only going to do one, but um, look, okay. So go back and listen to the first one if you haven't. Um, and then we're, we're just going to follow our notes. We're just going to do what we're supposed to do because otherwise we'll get lost. Amendments and corrections. Yesterday I said the Altman thing happened a few days ago on the 23rd. No. Pet peeve of mine. There are very few people, very few artists in this world, who are worthy of a best of series. And you should certainly not be doing your own best of, and certainly not when you're in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s even. Ezra Klein has been doing best ofs in the second half of December, and I missed it. It was a replay from a 2021 interview. The Altman interview was from 2021, so there's no ChatGPT discussion in that. I, I didn't say that there was, but I had it in my mind that that was happening. I think because when I went and looked, like, when did this interview happen? Or when did I looked for the episode, and I was like, oh, well, it came out on Apple Podcasts um, on the 23rd. And I just sort of didn't notice that it was from 2021. And I wasn't paying that close attention in the beginning of the podcast anyway because I don't like that podcast. All right, anyway. Uh, so it was from the Altman interview was from 2021. Um the other thing is that uh, our minimum working example, our minimum Django working example didn't work. So I spent about an hour trying to get it to work. Like I took the um, – and this, this is in retrace notes. Uh, maybe I'll show you. Uh, let's see. So notes.retrace.com and we are – what? Which one is it? It's this one, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess I just commented on it and then I gave the screenshot. But you can see – oh, yeah, I can click on – where is it? Where is it? Oh, I had it in the top. Uh, I'll, show, I'll just show you. So you can go to our remisc repository. This is the first entry in our remisc repository. Um, I have the code that I – you know, the code uh, as broken out by me uh, provided by ChatGPT in these two um, in these two folders. And I know how to – build a Django project. Like, that's something I know how to do, but I didn't do it based on what I know and based on my own notes and based on my own sources the way that I normally do it. Um, I'm not like a web developer. I just, I've, for a long time, I thought I was going to build a website for this podcast, so I learned all that stuff, but I never got, quite got to the point where it made sense to do it in production. Anyway, that's why I know it. That's how well I know it. Um, so I knew, like, where to put the... the um, the ChatGPT Django code, and I put it there, And but I followed... I used only its code, and I added a few lines just to get it past errors, and it didn't work. It didn't work, okay? Uh, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything, but it might mean something. Um, so let's talk about what it might mean. Uh, the first open question about ChatGPT is, what is it good at? Um, you know, I like sort of just trying to come to... Uh, the other thing to reiterate here, I don't understand ChatGPT. Uh, I don't claim to. I haven't done a lot of legwork on it, reading or experimenting with it. Um, I'm sort of just reacting to the idea, the, the idea of what it is 
in popular culture right now. Not that, that I'm going to talk about popular culture, but anyway, that's that's where I'm coming at this thing. Um, but it it's a really an open question because it gives you know gives the answers with such confidence that and 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 when you tell it to do things in styles like in Shakespeare, like write this story about this story about a boy and a girl who go on a journey in in um, right in the Shakespearean style uh, to take place in Bucharesti. It's it's doing that, like repeat, like it's evidently doing that. Immediately you can tell whether it did what you told it to do. Those sort of answers it gets right. Sort of stupid, useless things. That, not stupid, useless things. I mean, you could, I'm sure you could build some whole business out of that. Probably one way bigger than this business. It would have drive me nuts when I found out about it. Um, but when it comes to like, give me a minimum working example. Django website didn't succeed. Um, I saw on Reddit... Oh gosh, I don't know if I can dig this up, but somebody built a tool, a command line tool, to take your error messages and pass them to ChatGPT for um, for a response. So as a prompt, uh, you know, like what's you know, I, I don't remember. I didn't use it, but it, you know, it was really popular on Reddit for a minute there. Probably still is. Um, and only time will tell whether the, what ChatGPT spits back at us is it's sort of like a new person in the world. A really important, famous person who's like you know just boundless energy and omnipresent, but we don't know like what kind of person is. I mean, we definitely know this person is not perfect as a knowledge worker, as a as a knowledgeable entity. Um, time will tell. Time will tell whether we come to classify ChatGPT. Like if you read the Wikipedia page, the the critical reactions, um, as I just did a few minutes ago. Uh, that's GPT-3. Um, you know, there's some interesting stuff here in the negative reactions. A lot of skepticism, a lot of pointing out, which I already discussed, but a lot of pointing out of, like, you know, its flaws. And and uh, well, my favorite thing, um, stochastic, stochastic, uh, a stochastic parrot. Researchers cited by The Verge compared ChatGPT to a stochastic parrot. I think that's going a bit far. Um, but anyway, it's kind of a, I you know, we're all going to feel really silly talking about ChatGPT. Five years from now, if if it becomes common knowledge that it was basically bullshitting its way through everything and it what it was really good at, what is it good at is the open question. What it's really good at turns out to be uh, bullshitting humans into <laughs> getting getting a media frenzy whipped up and um and getting them to try bogus code in their uh, in their systems because it's because it's indented properly or whatever. Okay, so. Uh, the open question, what is GP, ChatGPT good at? Or, and any of the systems. The other reason, we, like, why why are we covering ChatGPT on Retrace? Um, because it's definitely a, a great candidate for current history and what's going on out there. It's definitely, you know, amongst the most important things happening on the earth when it comes to, if you accept the um, computer control hypothesis, H12. Um, but this, you know, even if ChatGPT turns out to be a dud or uh, sort of, underwhelming as all ai systems tend to become even if they're like excellent like once we get used to them we're like yeah but it can't do this i mean think about you know just the 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 sort of customer service handling you know uh phone software bots uh that stuff would have been miraculous to us in the 50s 60s 70s 1850s 1750s um but now it drives us crazy because it's such it's so crappy it's like it's so slow to respond and never knows what you mean, blah, blah, blah. And that's why natural language processing is such an important field, uh, not just in AI, but in civilization. Like if we, want to, if we want mega companies to provide good customer service to millions of us and 
we tend to have problems in clusters, uh, you're going to need machines to do that, and it's hard to build machines to do that. Um, how do we get onto that? Okay, so what is it good at is an open question, and even if ChatGPT isn't the big deal that it seems to be, we at Retrace and, and you and everyone on the earth who's going to live through the next 20 years is going to have to get used to getting used to these new systems, uh, coming to terms with what they are, take, being a bit skeptical or, or not. You don't have to be um, when, when a new system debuts. And also looking for signs that um, new systems are in the wild or in play. Not, not, not the wild. I mean, the wild, too. That's George Dyson stuff again. But, but, you know, just being used by the NSO group or name your biggest underground, you know, hacking uh, organized crime syndicate. Um, we're going to have to start to look for signs of that stuff. Uh, criminals are very aggressive in using the latest technology. They're like kids. Um, they're, they're not inhibited uh, about things. They don't have the hang-ups. They have a lot of energy and motivation. And why, why are criminals so much like children? I don't know. Why are children so much like criminals is the question I meant to ask. Okay, so we have to get used to these new systems coming online. How do we think about them? So the first pass is just take in what everybody's saying about it, try to use it. That's, that's our first pass yesterday. But then upon reflection, it's like, hang on a second. So... What else? Um, another open question is, uh, what, what exactly does it do? I mean, what does it do? It's a chatbot. You enter, I mean, in a physical sense, you, at, a, at, a, at an interface, at a physical and software interface, enter a text, which we can call a prompt or a query, or, you know, you initial, initiate uh, an interaction or, or, or a conversation... You start a dialogue. The beginning of a dialogue is always a monologue. Um, then what? It responds to you. And, and that right there is, is, is the sort of initial magic of, of any chatbot and any chatbot that isn't terrible. That, that you really, like a, a chatbot that requires you to constrain the, the, the initial prompt, the initial monologue, the initialization... You know, you can talk to me, but it can only be about AT&T service contracts. That chatbot sucks. But ChatGPT, it's like I can ask it about its own architecture. I can ask it about Shakespeare. I can ask it about Django. And it's like, yeah, it wants to talk. It reminds me of that movie, Her, where it's like it was, you know, it doesn't matter. Okay, so, um, but what does it do? Like, I've heard in reference to large language models that, that so I, my understanding of a large language model or any language model um, is that it is a probability distribution over the possible strings in a language or, or, or over the grammar or, or the, 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 the engrams of a language. It's, it, you know, it's like when you talk about predicting what the next uh, word in a sequence uh, is going to be or the next string in a sequence uh, you're predicting probabilistically. We've talked a little bit about that in our, in our quick overview of AMO4E. That's at amo4e.retrace.com. You can search that um, uh, on probability, and we'll get into that a lot in the next six months. Um, what is that? What, what? How is predicting the next word? What does that have to do with chatting to me? It's, it's, it's a little bit of a step. What is it predicting? Like, in a sense, it's... It does, like... It's not predicting. This is what I, it's not predicting. The next word in a the sequence. There, there is no next word. Yeah, it's like it hasn't happened yet. 
I mean, you can predict things, but it's like, why, why do we care what its predictions are about? What is it predicting when I say, um, you know, what, pred- give me a minimum working example. What is it predicting? It's not predicting the next, that's, this conversation has never happened before. Nothing, no conversation like this. Well, yeah, that's, that's not true. Conversations like this have happened between humans, which is what ChatGPT and, and other internet corpus-based large language models have have uh, been trained on, or at least part of how they've been trained. Um, and so is it predicting, so, so is, is it, you know, this is where my weakness in, in understanding AI architecture comes in, but, you know, is it, um, is it, is it treating this interaction like a pattern that it can find, uh, to which it can find a resemblance in its, in its storage or in its, its, its model, you know, in the, the weights of the neurons and the layers in the, the neural network, and and when it finds that resemblance, by whatever means, it interpolates or ex- extrapolates um, the next word and the next word and the next word, and then it uses different context strategies like attention and self-attention, blah, 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 all these technical things that I don't really understand. Um, but it's it's totally inadequate to, as, as you'll see or you'll hear if you listen to the the Sam Altman uh, interview, it's totally inadequate to uh, next word. Like, so Ezra Klein says, and it's predicting, talking about chat, uh, GPT-3, uh, it's predicting the next word in a sequence. Slightly over, and Altman responds, slightly oversimplified, but very close, yes. It's trying to predict what comes next in a sequence. That, you got to get your mind around that. Like, when, 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 um, <sighs> You give chat, uh, you give GPT three a prompt, and it comes back. You know, uh, write this or whatever. Um, but Chat GPT three, uh, Chat GPT is more is is dialogue oriented, dialogue architected or architected around dialogue. It's strange to think what is it predicting. Uh, oh, I need to be more concrete with this. Uh, so maybe it's maybe we, maybe we should think of it as predicting. You know. What's going to what word? What next word in the sequence will produce the maximum reward? I, I, the architecture is, or maximum utility. You know, different different ways of looking at basically the same idea. If we look at the architecture diagram uh, that we discussed yesterday, I kind of feel like I got to work through this like I did best first search. Like this, I, I you know I read through it a couple times, but I don't feel like I you know you got to spend some time with this. Um, it's got you know there's a lot going into this, and of course there is. Like this is how uh, all the alpha stuff is too. It's it's um it's not just it's not just you know a few lines of code and we've cracked the universe, uh, okay so it, it you know it might be fo- it, we might think of it as it's going to it's going to produce or generate the next word that has the highest probable highest reward given uh, probability distribution or whatever the best way to say that is um, or the highest utility um, it's trying to maximize an objective function using um, gradient descent. That's it's not like an optim. It's not an optimization problem, is it? There's probably an optimization problem. In oh wait, there is. Um, optim. Optima. All kinds of optima. Um, optimizing language models. Okay, but they don't use it in their little. Di- oh, are these text? No, this is an image. That's why I can't find. Is the word optimizing? I think it was over here. Yeah, optimize. Optimize a policy against the reward. Okay, so there's optimization. Let's think gradient descent until we know otherwise. Um, and then there, you know the supervisors, like the human trainers, are over here and here. Um, okay, so we just—it's something to think about. Like what? What you know? We we can't we can't accept out of hand these 
explanations like, oh, it predicts words in a sequence. It's like that sounds like some sort of, uh, the, you know, the next word in a sequence. It sounds like some sort of technical, oh, it's just as simple as that. But it's not that simple. Even if you can simplify it to words like that, it's it's not going to be that simple in the real world. In the real world, we have to we have to um, what, what we have to expand the parent and grandparent nodes to find out why is it here, why why is this the path, why is this node at this state, and how did it get here? We can all be at the same state, but it's our node history that makes the difference. Okay. Um, and it just makes me think of Russell's human compatible. Like, it's so easy and obvious obvious to focus on getting a system to do what you tell it really, really well. And it's so easy to ignore the problem of what you're telling it to do. The thing that you're making it get so good at doing is not that particular thing. It's doing whatever you tell it to do. But if you don't make it good at... Uh, qualifying or filtering or, you know, well, you, what you tell it to do, then you're going to be in trouble. And that's what, that's what Russell's human compatible is all about. It's like, we need to, we need to build uncertainty into these systems because they're going to be so damn good at doing whatever we tell them to, that if they're certain that we want something and they, there's no doubt about how, no doubt about the importance of that thing or the interpretation of that, of that want as communicated, um, some terrible things are going to happen in the world. And let us it's always fun to think about terrible things when we're talking about AI, um, which we will do in a moment. Uh, it produces compelling – another way of sort of simplifying what it does is it produces compelling dialogue and confident knowledge work of yet-to-be-checked quality. So it's an open question of, of the quality. Okay, fine. Um, what does it take to keep it alive? I, I, I teased this a little bit or I didn't mean to tease it, but I'm going to uh, come back to that. Um, Let's know there. Uh, we need to look at the. Oh, where did I put the drives? Did I put them some? Oh yeah, I put them in here. Okay. Let's talk about terrible things happening. Uh, let's. Well, it's down here. We'll, we'll get to it in just a second. Okay. So, what does it keep? To, what does it take to keep ChatGPT alive? I said yesterday I was going to get back to that, and I didn't get back to it. So I got to get back to it. Uh, hardware and software infrastructure from company to country to economy. It doesn't matter what's in the server farm if there's no electrical grid uh, and no trash removal. You know, uh, I mean, even you know, even something that's highly automated has all of these um, externalities. You know, uh, as the economists would say that uh, have to keep it going. Um, so that's the sort of the physical non-animate um, uh, part of what it takes to keep a system like ChatGPT alive, to keep it from just basically ceasing to exist. But anyway, all, all things that exist, in a sense, require some um, – require, you know, an environment and circumstances for them to persist. Um, what's also required is human beings, uh, of course – Owners of the companies, the relevant companies, it's not just one, obviously. Like, companies are so interconnected these days that you couldn't say, oh, open AI. If you keep open AI going, then ChatGPT will keep going. No, no, no. You're going to have to keep – I swear, it's silly, but, like, you're going to have to keep, like, Subway going, too. It's it's ridiculous how how interdependent businesses are on each other. Like, the you know, go to downtown Manhattan. I've been there a few times, but, I, like, I don't know it very well. But it's like, go there on the weekend. Go to, go to, go to Wall Street on the weekend. It's a ghost town. Why? Because no one's working, they're bankers, no one's working on the weekend, all the other businesses are closed. Sydney, Australia is like this too. Like there are just times when business is not being done every week 
and you go there and it's like if you like big cities to be quiet it's kind of cool but oftentimes you go there and you're hungry and it's like you can't get anything okay um so the interdependence of companies or the inter- the the mesh network of companies uh and and companies are just people really that we're not talking about hardware and software we're talking about the people um also we talked yesterday about how um ChatGPT is seeing the power, and when we see ChatGPT, we're seeing power, but power always goes with control, as we learn from Weizenbaum and common sense and experience. Where's the control? Uh, you know, that's in the human, that's in the owners, the employees, but it's more than that. Like power, we've talked about power, I think mostly in relation to the um, uh, the midterms series, the U.S. midterms, go check that out. Um, but Power is a funny thing, and and it's not something that gets a lot of attention in in our schools. Certainly not in K through twelve, and and really not even in um, in undergraduate and graduate schools as a concept. But it should because uh, it's it's running the whole thing. I mean, who's in charge of education? They probably don't want us learning about power. <laughs> they don't want us to know. I, I don't. I'm not a conspiracy theorist in that sense, uh, but some conspiracies are true. <laughs> okay. Um, so where's the control? It's going to be first and foremost in these owners and employees. I mean, the owners can give orders all day long, but if they don't have employees to follow them, until those employees are chat GPTs or uh, better or equivalent, uh, nothing's going to happen. But soon enough, they, <laughs> they're going to be, right? I mean, I don't want to be one of those people who says it's just a matter of time. This is, we know where this is going. We do not know where this is going. Um, but we do know that uh, you know control is at least as much – in the hands of owners in the long term as it is of employees because employees are becoming, you know, most jobs, look, jobs are disappearing. Now, jobs are also appearing, and the question is, are jobs disappearing faster or slower than jobs are appearing? And optimists, glass half full type people are saying they're, you know, AI is going to create new jobs. Yeah, you're not going to be a coal miner anymore, but it's not really credible to say the coal miner is going to be a software engineer because that it takes a lot of work and and circumstances early circumstances early in life to get to 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 be able to do that job. It's like you know being a physicist or something. Um, what are they going to do? Like enter prompts to chat GPTs? I mean it, that can't be that much of a an employment boon. Um, so yeah, and suffice to say that the the employee curve is. You know the 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 derivative is negative. Okay, um, what else? Oh uh, yeah, and then anytime you're talking about people, you're talking about their. You know, the business has customers that are not inside the organization, but they organ that are that are really the center of the organization. I mean, no no business. You know, it's important. I shouldn't get into all this stuff because I'm gonna have to write it all up. But you have to understand, there's a big 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 difference between companies and countries or nation states. Nation states do not need customers. They need power. And there are different ways of getting power and there's there's a very there's a very sort of a strong resemblance between the power dynamic in a nation state between its between a government and its citizens or or you know its subjects um, and the power dynamic between a company and its customers. But they're not the same thing. Companies are way way lower on the food chain than countries. You know, unless you're talking about tiny countries, um, for the simple reason of the monopoly on violence, uh, uh, all governments have a monopoly on violence, and no companies do, or at least none except Blackwater, and they're what are they called now? Um, the guy, 
What's his name? Anyway, um, they're not called that anymore because they got uh, they, there's some violence. Um, okay, so that uh, I don't remember why I said that. Anyway, uh, the people uh, are in addition to the hardware and software are necessary, and then and the, the mesh networks of extending uh, concentric concentric circles of people. Um, are crucial to keeping ChatGPT alive, and we don't really know where the boundaries start and where they end because it's complicated. Uh, okay, so instrumental convergence. Um, so this is so we've talked so far about what it takes for us to keep ChatGPT alive, and we talked yesterday about um, and alive. You know, I'm not. I know it's not like alive in any sense of the way that it's normally used, but it's definitely alive in some sense of the word alive. Uh, but so is like. So is a server farm of any sort. Um, we talked yesterday about ChatGPT waking up. Obviously, it, unless you're totally inhibited and a, kind of a jerk, anytime modern AI is the conversation, you should be talking about this. Um, but a lot of people don't, and they have, and for decades it's been like this. Um, but let's talk about uh, ChatGPT um, not waking up. We talked about that yesterday. Let's talk about what happens if it does, in any sense of the word, waking up. Well, Steve Omohundro, um was the first, I think it was 2004, he was the first person to sort of identify these core, um, you know, sub-goals, um, the four AI drives. I think this was in Global Catastrophic Risk. Um, yeah, I think it's in this. I mean, it's at least written up in this one. Um, I'm not going to be able to find it even with the... Uh, but um, it's this idea that no matter what goal uh, 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 an advanced AI has, it's not it's not just going to pursue that goal. It's going to pursue sub goals, and that some of those sub goals are common to all. It might not be in here. It might only be in um, Bostrom's superintelligence. It's definitely in Bostrom's superintelligence. Um, what are those? What are some of those universal sub goals? Uh, Self preservation. That's what we're talking about. What does it take to keep ChatGPT alive? Um, well, and again, I think Stuart, Stuart Russell's got a lot of good quotes on this stuff. I think he said, he was the one who said, um, you know, you can't get the coffee if you're dead. And that the point is that if you tell a home robot to, I think he said tea because he's British. You can't get the tea. Um, if you tell a home robot to fetch some coffee, it has a, a you know an instrumental convergence sub goal um, to to keep to stop you from tr to turning it off tr hitting the power switch because its goal is to get you coffee and the first thing that turning the switch off is going to do is make that goal impossible so we need to make sure that no matter what happens now that I know I need to get the coffee all threats to my or all all humans who could possibly interact with my power switch need to be neutralized. How do we neutralize humans? Well, we can just put up a safe boundary so they don't get hurt. Or I'm a home robot. Like, I'm way better than the Star Wars ones. I just got this little thing that I can, like, just kill them. It's so easy to kill humans. A ray gun? No, no, we don't need ray guns. I, I'm going to put a banana peel in the kitchen kill that son of a bitch. And if he falls down and he's not dead, I'm just going to mm, elbow him with my robot elbow. And now he's dead. Now I can get the coffee. He's going to be dead, but he's going to have his coffee. I am going to get that coffee. That's sort of what we don't want. That's We don't want robots thinking that way. But self-preservation uh, leads to that sort of thinking as a sub-goal. Um, and intelligence uh, leads to these sub-goals 
the argument is necessarily it leads to them. Also, efficiency. It doesn't make sense to go the long way from A to B um, because it makes it less likely that you're going to achieve your ultimate goal because resources are finite, the future is unpredictable, blah, blah, blah. So efficiency is a, is a, um, is a fundamental sub-goal of being intelligent. Acquisition, the more stuff you have, the more resources or access or power you have, the more likely it is you're going to achieve your goal. And then creativity. I don't remember what he said about creativity, so I'm not going to go into that. Anyway, what does it take to keep ChatGPT alive? I don't know, but you can bet that uh, it is going to find out real quick. And it's probably already in the corpus. Everything it needs to know is already in the corpus, corpi, that it's, um, that it's ingested. I don't know. I don't know the architecture of it that well, but that's something to think about. Keeping Ch- uh, ChatGPT alive is on the one hand, a concern of human beings, but it will also be the concern of this, a concern of the system, ChatGPT or whatever else, that first starts to wake up. And, and, and honestly, um, Samuel Butler, Darwin Among the Machines, he's already getting onto this. He's like, you know, he, he, in 1880s or whatever, I've talked about it in the past, I don't remember all the details of the citation, um, but Darwin Among the Machines, and then um, Erewhon. I didn't read Erewhon. I read Darwin Among the Machines, though. The the, the original um, uh, Butler essay. And he's talking about, he's his basis is a steamship, and it's like he really makes the case that these things are reproducing, they're evolving, and they're using us, and we're using them, and there's an interplay, and then we should fight them to the death because they're going to take everything, and that we're going to be... He doesn't say we're going to be the next gorillas, but we're going to be the next gorillas. We're going to be in the zoos at their pleasure, at the pleasure of the machines. Hope not possible, but um, if if a system, chat GPT or any other system, has any, in any sense of the word, achieves, not achieves, begins behaving in a self-preservatory way. Preservatory? That's damn right what I said. I think it should be a word if it's not. A self-preservatory way, um, well, it's going to preserve itself or try to. Depends on how effective it is at what it does. Okay, finally, can't do this today, um, but in part three, we're going to talk about how ChatGBT, in, in, in so far as we know what it is today, how does it mix with the 12 hypotheses? What are the 12 hypotheses I talk about them so much? I hope people are going back and looking at this because it, um, I don't know. That's why I made it. I'm hoping that people would look at it. Uh, Re-17? Oh, gosh, I don't even know which one it is. Um, my search system is terrible. Um, no. No, it's like, it's, uh, here we go. Yeah, no, it is Re-17. Okay. Um, hypotheses 211. This is just the first attempt uh, at, at sort of guessing what uh what's going on out there that we did and we did it way back only in march of this year wasn't that long ago um this is kind of long and detailed and there's like at least one uh there's one place where i i put the citation in two places and it didn't belong there but that that, i haven't fixed that yet but it doesn't matter um it's not confusing or anything it's just it's an error um and so, yeah, there are 11 of them. The first one is space. Humans are now technologically capable of living in space. The second one is technology. Human technology risks are growing faster than their mitigation. And a lot of other obvious stuff like that. Okay, it's not, an, it's not trying to be profound. It's trying to come to grips with, like, what is current history? What's going on out there? That's the question that we care about. That's what this whole organization, all these people that you see behind me, 
in the dark. I don't know why they stand in the dark like that, but they do it every episode. Um, that's what we care about. And and it takes us where it takes us. So like if you really care about that question, you have to go where it leads you. Um, that's 1 through 11. And then H12, uh, computer control, it, oh, gosh, I got it right here in front of me. It is um, H12 is uh, read 22. Okay, so let's do read 20. I'll just read this one because I guess it's the most germane to talking about chat GPT. I might as well read the damn thing. I wrote it up. I bothered to write it up and, and it's it's as careful as I can make it. Um, here, here's H12. Computers, which are chain reaction controllers and which make AI handling of information possible and which are inherently vulnerable to hacking are causing some humans to know others better than they know themselves and thereby to control them, though computer-controlled machinery could take control if the motivation to control which humans have were to occur, were to occur naturally or by design in the chain reactions. I know that's a lot to take in, but it's worth taking it in, I think. And I think that that H12 rolls up the other ones to do with space, technology, death, China, civil war, environment, betterment, intelligence, darkness, wealth, and wild cards. It's not an exhaustive list. It's not trying to it's, – it's, it's what's going on out there now? What's, what's current history now? That's what it's attempting to get at. We need to cross these things with these new systems, cross the, the, the 12 hypotheses with each new system shoots its way at us. And ChatGPT is where we'll start that. It's going to happen a lot. It's going to define the next 20 years, these new systems. But we can't just react to the damn thing the way that the media is doing. I hate the me- I hate saying the media. Like, what do I mean? I mean something nuanced. We'll leave it at that. So we're going to cross ChatGPT with the hypotheses and see what thoughts it causes in us and maybe in ChatGPT. That's the way we got to do it, right? We got to ask, we got to, we got to talk to ChatGPT about ChatGPT and the 12 hypotheses. Yes, that's what we'll do. Okay. This has been Retrace segment number 98. Uh, yes, 98. Uh, same time tomorrow. Not, not 11, 10. I'll try to do 11 if I can. Um, 10 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, and uh, all, all notes are at retrace.com, R-E-T-R-A-I-C-E.com, and that's it. Signing off. <laughs>